Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back. Lori Ditto was transported to hell by Jesus, and the reason will surprise you. She saw other Christians there in hell as well. The following interview was taken from the television show It's Supernatural with Sid Roth. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my room, where it's naturally supernatural. My guest was a believer in the Messiah. She even met Jesus, visited heaven, but one day found herself and many other Christians in hell. She now knows the hell conspiracy. Now you are about to know what hell has purposely kept hidden from you. It's hell's best kept secret, and I'm going to blast it now. Now, uh, Lori Ditto, you're up, you're happy, but in year 2000, uh, you, you were at rock bottom. How bad was it? You know, I was so depressed. I had uh, planned my suicide different times, and uh, my, my life just didn't feel I had hurt and pain rejection inside of me, and I didn't know what to do with it. The only acceptable answer was just to try and find a way to end the pain. And then you get a flyer in the mail about a conference in another state, uh, an IHOP conference. Why in the world did you go there? You know, I held on to that, that postcard. And it, it's as if it had a sense in it to draw me there. I think someone had prayed over it before it got mailed to my house. And I just yes. knew that I had to go there, and it changed my life. All right, you get there, you're in the prayer room. What happened to you? So when I got there, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. People worship God in different ways. And um, I heard the voice of God. He asked me, what do you want? And I wanted to know if speaking in tongues was real. So then I got it. I love speaking in tongues. At, at the conference, you started speaking? Yeah, in, in the prayer room. Did someone pray for you too? No, no, I just asked the Lord. I want to know if it's real. And but not only did you speak in tongues, you got something more. Yes, what yes. Happened when I came back to the prayer room just in a few hours, because I'd left and came back, um, I, I wanted to ask God for something else. You know, I had a list of three things I was going to ask him for. I wanted um, a, log, a log cabin on Lake Superior. I wanted a four-wheel drive truck, and I wanted uh, world peace. 
And I figured if I used up one of my wishes already, I'd give up world peace because somebody else should ask for that. And in an instant, Sid, in an instant, Jesus came and got me and took me to heaven, and it was the best. I protest. I mean, I here, I, I mean, I've never been to heaven, and all these guests go to heaven. Yeah, so you went? I did. I did. In, a, in, in an instant, I knew that the man Jesus Christ was alive. He was standing there. He was made out of light. Uh, and he wanted me to see him for who he really is. And he turned the volume up so fantastically. I mean, it was like a dimmer switch that just was so bright. It was as if it was stronger than you were looking in the sun and I had to close my eyes. And Jesus turned the volume and himself down so that we could behold him. And I believe now that we can only behold him to the degree that we love and obey him. Hmm. You know, you saw Jesus dancing with someone. Tell me that story. Yes, yes. So um, the Lord had me look inside him. He wanted me to give him something. And I was I was we concerned about giving him the pain. I didn't know how. And so um, I kept telling him no. People say, you can't say no to Jesus. But we say no to Jesus all the time. And he's so patient. He turned into, there's no way to explain it. It was as if I was watching a movie inside of him. And that movie was Jesus dancing with this beautiful bride. And he was doing a very specific dance with her. And while she would turn, I would notice the fire in his eyes. And he has such beautiful fire for the one that he loves. And then the darkness would try and sneak up and touch this girl's dress. And as it would sneak up, his eyes turned into this fire. You don't mess with his bride. And as she turned and danced, I ached inside. I've never been loved like that. I knew that if I could have that one thing, my life would be complete. If somebody would love me like that, not just somebody, but this God who is, who is fantastic. And when I looked at her feet, I realized those were my ankles. I have very pretty ankles. <laughs> you were envious of him dancing and loving her, and that was you. It was me. It was me. <laughs> He, uh, he wanted you to give something up. Yeah, yeah, he kept asking me for something. And eventually he put his, he, he asked me, and I realized I can trust this man. And so when I gave the pain to Jesus, he put his head to my, he put his forehead to my forehead. I asked him, is there anything I can do for you? He said, go tell others about me. And what happened when I came out of the vision was I was set free. I used to smoke three and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I did not need the medication that I was on, the depression medication I was on anymore. And he actually changed who I am. I didn't used to be like this. I am, I'm supercharged now. (laughs) Now, in 2008, God took you to hell, and here's the sad thing. She saw some of her relatives there. She saw many Christians there. I know that's hard to believe, but you'll understand when we come back. I know you will. We will be right back to It's Supernatural!
Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. We now return to It's Supernatural. You know, you're at a conference in prayer in 2008 at IHOP. You're in a prayer prayer there, and suddenly, did you real? When did you realize you were in hell? Tell me what happened. So um, we were in evangelism meeting. The I was worshiping in the back with my eyes closed, and then as soon as those, as soon as the heat came in the room, I watched. I opened my eyes. I knew something was happening. I opened my eyes, the front of the room opened like this, Sid, and hell was right there, and a arm without fingers came flying out of hell, and it grabbed a hold of my spirit, and it sucked me in, and those hell doors are thick, and they're heavy, and when they slammed shut, I knew exactly where I was. Immediately, three things were spoken over me. You are in hell eternally for unforgiveness. And, and there, the, the worst regret you can ever imagine was, was right then, because there's no way out. You, I knew that there was no way out of hell. Tell me, t- tell our audience what you observed. First, I want to say there's no way that I will ever be guilty of uh, exaggerating hell. There are not enough. Why would words. you not exa- Why would you not exaggerate? It's worse than any words that I can come up with. Mm. Uh, when I got there, just the heat, the extreme heat, started causing my skin to drip off of me, and the sound of the people screaming broke my eardrums and caused such a pain inside of me and I knew this was going to go on eternally and there was no way out of it. My bones, my body twisted in so many ways, breaking. I felt my back break. Did you feel pain in hell? Excruciating pain and there is not one drop of relief. There's not a drop of water. There's not, there's, there's not a drop of light. You can never get to another human being to share that pain. You actually become uh, sin. You, you start looking like this growth. You actually lose the formation of a human being because I'm made in the image of God and that changed there. It, it, it's horrific. It's horrific. I never want to go back. Imagine trying to live your life with no God, 
I was never going to touch my grandbaby's face again. Even arguing with my husband, not that that's cool, but you were never going to get to do any of that. You were never going to get to say you were sorry. You were never going to fix anything. To always be in pain and to know that it was, it kept ramping up and it was going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And it was never going to end. That was the thing. It, it wasn't like you could reach a pinnacle. In, in hell, it worked the same as in heaven. My full brain operated and I knew I knew all of Matthew 18. I knew every scripture that I'd ever read in. I've read the whole Bible. I knew every scripture that I've ever read in. It made complete sense and it was completely righteous that I was in hell. And I, I, became, I, I became hate. I hated and I continued to hate. And there were people there. They were just like me. They believed Jesus is the Lord God but they refused to obey him. They say, we love you, we love you, but the scriptures teach, if you love me, then obey me. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't forgive. And it, it was the worst, it was the worst thing to know that in heaven, Jesus had been so patient and he was willing to forgive me everything, everything. And I couldn't forgive small offenses. I mean, in my life, they, they felt like these things had broken me. But in reality, to everything that the Lord had forgiven me of, said they were small. How, how did you get out of hell? As quickly as I went into hell, these doors opened and something brought me out so fast. I entered, re-entered the room. I was screaming. The, my friend who was running the meeting, he came to the back because I was so disruptive and he started shaking me. This was at the IHOP. Yeah, yeah, he's here. You know, my good friend, Helen Hart, he was there and he was shaking me. He asking me, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I said to him, I've been to hell. And everything changed in that minute. As transforming as it was to go to heaven and meet Jesus Christ, that transformation does not compare to the transformation of having been to hell. You know, when we come back, I'm going to have her share the biggest lies that Christians believe that will cause them to not make heaven. Be right back. Right back to It's Supernatural. Are you interested in scary places? Well, I found a great podcast called Your Haunted Holiday. Each week, sisters Lisa and Lindsay will take you to some of the most haunted places in the world. Their incredible research into how these places became haunted is complemented by their insight into the ghostly activities that are present. They give you information on ghost tours, prices, and much more. That's Your Haunted Holiday. You can go to yourhauntedholiday.com or just listen to wherever great podcasts are found.
return to It's Supernatural! She was so traumatized, understandably so, uh, that you notice she's weeping even as she tells this story. Uh, but what did Jesus tell you as to why he took you to hell? When the Lord spoke to me and finally healed my heart, he said, I took you to hell because I love you. And if God had not shown that to me, if I died without him showing that to me, I know I'd be there right now. He loves me and he's mighty to save. And in that instance, that's what it took. What do you believe is the biggest lie of the devil out there? I think once saved, always saved. And, and it's understanding as I, as I bump into people, I think that is a hell conspiracy. I think it's the biggest lie because the idea behind that, Sid, is that I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. He'll wipe away all my past sins, and it doesn't matter how I live anymore. I can, I can. But that's can. the new revelation of grace, not the biblical revelation. Correct. So what about something like the major Christian sin that I see that I've participated in, gossip? Yeah, you know, it grieves Jesus. It should grieve us. And so inside of gossip, why are we doing that first? Until you heal that, you will constantly do that. Really, you need to go to Jesus and get your identity first. Then inside of gossip, you have just murdered a person's reputation. This is very, very serious. Mm. You know, for myself, I've made, a, I've made a salt covenant with my tongue, with the Holy Spirit, because that is one of the first sins that I was guilty of. We think, well, it doesn't matter. Of course, every sin matters. It's recorded. So when you go to bed, you do something. <laughs> Tell me do. about that. I do. Uh, before I go to sleep, I, I, I talk to Jesus and I tell him how much I love him and I ask him, Lord, how did I do today? And sometimes he's like, Lori, you did this and you need to go fix it. And other times he tells me, you did this and I don't want you to do that anymore. And it, he uses it as a learning because there's a difference between um, immaturity and rebellion. And when I'm rebellious, I, he needs me to fix it. And if I'm just immature, he just trains me in a new way of doing things. Do you and can I have assurance of salvation? Absolutely. The blood of Jesus Christ saves us. Absolutely, exclamation mark. And as a born-again believer, we obey Jesus. I've always lived my life uh, I repent a lot, and I find that if I'll do it instantly, rapidly, <laughs> it's easier than if I let it get infected in me. Right, yeah. right. Well, and I try and teach repentance in four parts. One, agree with God that what you're doing is a sin. Two, have godly sorrow over that sin. It's more than just being sorry. 
sorry, you'll do it again. Godly sorrow hurts you. Three, you confess your sin one to another, and the Bible says you'll be fervently healed. And step number four, you have to put something in place in your life that you will never do that again. And so I teach that, and I help people figure out what number four do you need so that you don't sin against God again. And sometimes we have to put a few number fours there, and God completes that work for us because he loves us so much. But repentance is the only acceptable sacrifice for my sin. Would you lead us in a prayer for repentance? Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you came to pay the ultimate price. You say we're worth it. Oh, worthy, worthy, worthy Jesus are you. And we come asking God, make us holy. Give us a hunger and a desire for holiness. God, come right now and convict us of our sin that we, we need to be free. We need to be set free from the ways of the devil. And God, if the hell conspiracy is in any of us, Jesus, set us free. Every sin that I commit needs to be brought to you, repented of. God, make me holy. And with that holiness comes more of your presence. Let me rest in the assurance. You said, you said to be holy as your Father in heaven's holy. I desire that. We want that, God. Would you come and rest that, wrap that around us and make us fully yours? We don't want any part hiding. Every part of us that is dark, Lord, shine your light. Oh, we love you. We love you, Jesus. In your name, we believe you're changing us. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have anything against anyone, you, it's not an emotion, it's a choice. It's not a process, it's a choice. I'm going to follow God or not. Yes or no. Right. And you tell, you, you release that person, you, you, you say, huh, hell is not going to be worth my unforgiveness to you. And, and I'll tell you something else. That does, forgiveness doesn't mean you trust someone that's done something wrong to you. They have to earn their trust again if they want to. But it means that I am not touching that cancer. I am not touching that stuff. I don't want to touch it because that's separating me from God. And God, I don't want anything separating me from you. So when we go off the air, you choose to forgive the people that don't deserve forgiveness because what did Jesus say about his coming back? He told me recently, I'm coming back much sooner than you realize. Did you get that? I'm coming back sooner than you realize. Are you looking for a good quality used car but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV from Mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. 
We even finance. So come in today. You'll find a rainy used cars located near you. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Podcast.